when I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris. Look, look, the dust is growing. My branches lost no Stately clump back All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said yes, I will, yes. Friends of Shakespeare and Company, read Ulysses by James Joyce. Read today by John Butler. Stephen Dedalus watched through the webbed window the lapidary's fingers prove a time-dulled chain. Dust webbed the window and the show trays. Dust darkened the toiling fingers with their vulture nails. Dust slept on dull coils of bronze and silver, lozenges of cinnabar on rubies, leprous and wine-dark stones. Born all in the dark wormy earth, cold specks of fire, evil lights shining in the darkness where fallen archangels flung the stars of their brows. Muddy swine-snouts, hands, root and root, gripe and rest them. She dances in a foul gloom where gum burns with garlic. A sailor-man, rust-bearded, sips from beaker, rum and iser. A long and sea-fed, silent rut. She dances, capers, wagging her sowish haunches and her hips, on her gross belly flapping a ruby egg. Old Russell, with the smeared chamois rag burnished against his gem, turned it and held it at the point of his Moses beard, Grandfather Ape gloating on a stolen hoard. And you who wrest old images from the burial earth, the brain-sick words of sophists, Antisthenes, a lore of drugs, orient and immortal wheat standing from everlasting to everlasting. Two old women fresh from their whiff of the briny, trudged through Irish town along London Bridge Road, one with a sanded umbrella, one with a midwife's bag in which eleven cockles rolled. The whir of flapping leathern bands and hum of dynamos from the powerhouse urged Stephen to be on. Beingless beings, stop. Throb always without you, and the throb always within. Your heart you sing of. I between them. Where? Between two roaring worlds where they swirl. I. Shatter them, one and both, but stun myself too in the blow. Shatter me, you who can. Baud and butcher were the words. I say, not yet a while. I look around. Yes, quite true, very large and wonderful, and keeps famous time. You say right, sir. A Monday morning, twas so indeed. Stephen went down Bedford Row, the handle of the ash clacking against his shoulder-blade. In Clahassie's window, a faded 1860 print of Heenan boxing sayers held his eye. Staring backers with square hats stood around the roped prizering. The heavyweights in light loincloths proposed gently each to other his bulbous fists, and they are throbbing, heroes' hearts. He halted and turned by the slanted book cart. Twopence each, the huckster said. Four for sixpence. Tattered pages, the Irish beekeeper. Life and Miracles in the Cure of Arts. Pocket Guide to Killarney. I might find here one of my pawned school prizes. Stefano Dadalo. Alumno Optimo. Palman Ferenti. Father Conmee, having read his little hours, walked through the hamlet of Donny Carney, murmuring vespers. 
Binding too good, probably. What is this? Eighth and ninth book of Moses. Secret of all secrets. Seal of King David. Thumbed pages. Read and read. Who has passed here before me? How to soften chapped hands. Recipe for white wine vinegar. How to win a woman's love. For me, this. Say the following talisman three times with hands folded. Say, el yellow nebracida femininum. Amor me solo. Sanctus. Amen. Who wrote this? Charms and invocations of the most blessed abbot, Peter Salanca, to all true believers divulged. As good as any other abbot's charms, as mumbling Joachim's. Down, Baldy Noddle, or we'll wool your wool. What are you doing here, Stephen? Dilly's high shoulders and shabby dress. Shut the book quick, don't let's see. What are you doing, Stephen said. A steward face of none such Charles, lank locks falling at its sides. It glowed as she crouched, feeding the fire with broken boots. I told her of Paris, late lie abed under a quilt of old overcoats, fingering a pinchbeck bracelet, Dan Kelly's token. Nebracta femininum. What have you there? Stephen asked. I bought it from the other cart for a penny, Dilly said, laughing nervously. Is it any good? My eyes, they say she has. Do others see me so? Quick, far, and daring, shadow of my mind. He took the coverless book from her hand. Chardonnay's French primer. What did you buy that for? he asked. To learn French? She nodded, reddening and closing tight her lips. Show no surprise. Why natural? Here, Stephen said. It's all right. Mind Maggie doesn't pawn it on you. I suppose all my books are gone. Some, Dilly said. We had to. She is drowning. Agenbite. Save her. Agenbite. All against us. She will drown me with her eyes and hair. Lank coils of seaweed hair around me. My heart, my soul. Salt green death. We. Agenbite of Inwit. Inwit's Agenbite? Misery. Misery. Hello, Simon, Father Cowley said. How are things? Hello, Bob, old man, Mr. Dedalus answered, stopping. They clasped hands loudly outside Reddy and Daughters. Father Cowley brushed his moustache often downward with a scooping hand. What's the best news? Mr. Dedalus said. Why, then, not much, Father Cowley said. I'm barricaded up, Simon, with two men prowling around the house, trying to effect an entrance. Jolly, Mr. Dedalus said. Who is it? Oh, Father Cowley said, a certain gombean man of our acquaintance. With a broken back, is it? Mr. Dedalus asked. The same, Simon, Father Cowley answered. Reuben of that ilk. I'm just waiting for Ben Dollard. He's going to say a word to Long John to get him to take those two men off. All I want is a little time. He looked with vague hope up and down the quay, a big apple bulging in his neck. I know, Mr. Dedalus said, nodding. Poor old Bockety Ben. He's always doing a good turn for someone. Hold hard. He put on his glasses and gazed towards the metal bridge an instant. There he is, by God, he said. Arson pockets. Ben Dollard's loose blue cutaway and square hat above, large slops crossed the quay in full gait from the metal bridge. He came towards them at an amble, scratching actively beneath his coattails. As he came near, Mr. Dedalus greeted, Hold that fellow with the bad trousers. Hold him now, Ben Dollard said. Mr. Dedalus eyed with cold wandering scorn various points of Ben Dollard's figure.
Then turning to Father Cowley with a nod, he muttered sneeringly, That's a pretty garment, isn't it, for a summer's day? Why, God, eternally curse your soul, Ben Dollar growled furiously. I threw out more clothes in my time than you ever saw. He stood beside them, beaming on them first, and on his roomy clothes from points of which Mr. Dedalus flicked fluff, saying, They were made for a man and his health, Ben, anyhow. Bad luck to the Jew man that made them, Ben Dollard said. Thanks be to God, he's not paid yet. And how is that basso profundo, Benjamin? Father Cowley asked. Cashel, Boyle, O'Connor, Fitzmars, Tisdall, Farrell, murmuring glass-eyed, strode past the Kildare Street Club. Ben Dollard frowned and, making suddenly a chanter's mouth, gave forth a deep note. Ah, he said. That's the style, Mr. Dedalus said, nodding to its drone. What about that? Ben Dollard said. Not too dusty? What? He turned to both. That'll do, Father Cowley said, nodding also. The Reverend Hugh C. Love walked from the old chapter house of St. Mary's Abbey past James and Charles Kennedy's rectifiers, attended by Geraldine's tall and personable, towards the Thalsell beyond the ford of hurdles. Ben Dollard, with a heavy list towards the shopfronts, led them forward, his joyful fingers in the air. Come along with me to the sub-sheriff's office, he said. I want to show you the new beauty Rock has for a bailiff. He's a cross between Lobangula and Lynchehorn. He's well worth seeing, mind you. Come along. I saw John Henry Menton casually in the bodega just now, and it will cost me a fall if I don't wait a while. We're on the right lay, Bob, believe you me. For a few days, Talham, Father Cowley said anxiously. Ben Dollard halted and stared, his large orifice open, a dangling button of his coat wagging bright-backed from its thread, as he wiped away the heavy shrooms that clogged his eyes to hear aright. What few days, he boomed. Hasn't your landlord distrained for rent? He has, Father Cowley said. But then our friend's writ is not worth the paper it's printed on, Ben Dollard said. The landlord has the prior claim. I gave him all the particulars. 29 Windsor Avenue. Love is the name. That's right, Father Cowley said. The Reverend Mr. Love. He's a minister in the country somewhere. But are you sure of that? You can tell Barabbas from me, Ben Dollard said, that he can put that writ where Jacko put the nuts. He led Father Cowley boldly forward, linked to his bulk. Filberts, I believe they were, Mr. Dedalus said, as he dropped his glasses on his coat front, following them.